Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. All aboard! Welcome to a new episode of Crazy Train with me, Jasmine St. Clair. Joining me this week is another one of my favorite ECW alumni, Angel Orsini. You look great. Oh, thank you. You look great, but I love the blue. Like, I feel as though I'm in Popeye land right now because you're like a mermaid. You've got the blue thing here. You have the blue there. You got like a starfish and you're by the water. Yes, I am Where's living on the... I'm sorry. Where's your mermaid tail? <laughs> oh, where's my mermaid tail? No, um, <laughs> I definitely am a land creature. I just visit the water. <laughs> it's so close. It's right in my backyard. <laughs> I love, once it gets warm though, I am in the water all the time. Yeah, I love it. I have to be by the water, near the water. We have, uh, we've always had boats since I was a little girl and I just, it's, it's my happy place. There's peace, there's calm. And just like, I love to float like a, like a starfish. (laughs) Wait, what's your sign? Um, I'm a, I'm a Virgo, but I'm on that Leo cusp. So, and I was born late, so I was supposed to be born a Leo, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I wasn't ready yet. (laughs) Yeah, but this is, I thought you were like a water sign. I don't know what the water signs are anyway. I just take guesses. I have no idea. (laughs) But yeah, not that into astrology either. I don't know. I somehow believe some of it's true because I love the water, but most of all, I'm happy to see you. And I'm so glad we finally caught up, you know, hoping to see you in XPW wrestling, like really, really hoping and praying and doing all those things that I do. But most importantly, what a lot of people don't know is Angel Orsini. Okay. She, I have to say Riptide because of all the Riptide. She said she likes the the ocean so that's why she got the name riptide from um because of all the blue stuff and all the aquatic 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 whatever you want to say aquatic things um but she did something really important for women's wrestling that i don't think the wwe will ever do you started the women's wrestling hall of fame you had your first ceremony right recently last year in november Yes, at the ECW Arena, now called 2300 Arena. Yes, we inducted in Jazz, Medusa, and Luna Vachon. It was really super important to me. Um, I co-founded the Women's Wrestling Hall of Fame because it's important for us to know where we came from. And these people who were the pioneers before us, we have to put it in context, what they overcame just to be who they were. Like Mildred Burke, you know, think about being a woman wrestler when women only had the right to vote for like 10 years. You know, that that's overcoming some society barriers. The other women that we're going to be inducting in, Ethel Johnson, Marva Scott, 
and Babs Wingo, the first African-American lady wrestlers. They were sisters. Like people need to know this. We need to, we need to know that there were women, black women wrestling when black people had to drink water from a different fountain and use a different restroom. Because if we don't understand where we came from and the caliber of women that set the standard for us, for what we have now, then we can very easily lose it. And that is not gonna happen, not, not while I'm around. Mm -mm. No, I don't think so. It's super important, especially with these young girls today that are coming up watching pro wrestling that wanna wrestle, Learn something first about where you came from originally and who these people are. Because there's nothing more disrespectful than going to one of these conventions or a show and not knowing, let's say, who Jazz is or like who this person is who, who've been in there longer and they're veterans that know their stuff. Yes, exactly. And, you know, and celebrate it because if you're into if you're a lady or woman or identify as a woman and you are a wrestler, then, you know, you're cut from the same cloth. You have that same spirit. There's something in your soul that's being expressed through this art because wrestling is a martial art and that is an art. It's different. It's not like painting a picture or, or playing an instrument. All of them take skill and are incredible. And I enjoy all different forms of art, but you need, you need to tap into a deeper level of who you are when you see the, the people who came before you. Yeah. That's exactly true. And I love the fact that jazz is one of the first people because jazz, I have a strong respect for and WWE, how the hell, like I, I can't, I just, I cannot stress this enough. How did they actually use her in the best potential, in her fullest potential? They didn't. They didn't make a doll. There was no marketing on jazz. You know, yeah. all that marketing was ECW. And I know that there are a lot of young girls and a lot of kids that looked up for her uh, and think she's a great, like, uh, she's a great character. She's an yes. amazing worker, you know, considering her, her height. She was so short, like when I first met her. I'm like, how is this girl going to get me up to go slam me down? I just, I see this going really <laughs> bad, but no, jazz is tougher than most guys. At least the ones that I see nowadays, like a GCW and stuff, way more tough. And it's amazing. So what are your thoughts on that whole thing? Yeah. I mean, jazz and I grew up in wrestling together, right? She just started in ECW and that's when I was trying to get there. So I was very close with her and Jason and and Lita was still there at the time and I was doing like tryouts and trying to get in and I just always stayed in touch with her she's my best friend and um they're great people her and Rodney Mack and um you know I think it's a travesty the way that they marketed her and to be honest with you I think a lot of it I'm gonna say it you know Miss Jackie had a doll but what did Miss Jackie have that Jazz didn't implant, right? And so for them, it's very superficial. But meanwhile, she was a two-time women's champion 
for their organization. And then they didn't even do t-shirts or, I mean, that's crazy. Why would you not? Obviously she's over. She had Teddy Long managing her. I, I don't think Teddy Long really even managed other, other wrestlers at all. So why wouldn't you want to capitalize on that? And I think that it, there's a bias there. And I think it's very just superficial. And, you know, I'm looking and I've always looked to change that about wrestling. And, um, you know, we're almost there. I think there's a lot more women on TV that are all different shapes and sizes and ethnicities. And that's important because all those women need to see themselves being portrayed you know and identify with that so that they can believe for their hope their dream what they want to pursue they get that uh inspiration from people like you me and jazz you know they see us do it they see her do it and then they're able to visualize that they can do it too yeah i mean especially in jazz's case and i know i just dwell on that because i see what's on tv now and okay, so what she didn't have the implant, she didn't want them, but she could wrestle a lot of those girls that have the implants under a rug any day blind. That I can assure you because Jazz yeah. is one tough cookie. <laughs> Absolutely, 100% girl. That and was so hard. are you. You're one tough cookie. How did you even get into wrestling? I know you've wrestled like all over the place, all over the world, but what even made you want to step in the ring at any point in your life? Well, I uh, started martial arts and I was a martial arts instructor, black belt, Taekwondo, and I was competing in Olympic style Taekwondo. Um, and I was state champion in my weight class. Um, but then I got this opportunity to start training with Bart Vale, who was going to Japan uh, with, with the Fujiwara Gumi. And um, I, so I started training there and I started learning how to shoot wrestle. They called it shoot fighting. And um, when I went to Japan and I, I started doing no holds barred fighting, that's when I met Reggie Bennett and I saw the Japanese style of women's wrestling. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, it wasn't just hair pulling. It was like, they were laying it in, man. It was strong style. And I was just like, yeah, that's for me. So when I came back from Japan, I started training with uh, Liz Chase. And um, and then I, I worked out with China for the last six weeks of my training. And she was my first match. So, and I was already really good friends with Luna Vachon because we, we were neighbors. We lived in the same neighborhood in Florida. And um, so my second match was with Luna and um, Luna broke me in to the business. And um, I just, man, it just lit something inside of me more so than No Holds Barred Fighting did. I just, I loved being able to be charismatic and be a character and not just be like really technically into, you know, the moves and, and the psychology of it. It was just, yeah, I like, I like being a character. I could tell <laughs> you've done them very well, but that's not, that's actually not, not shabby. Like there are not many people I could say I've met that say, oh, my first match was with China and then Luna Vachon. I mean, that's, uh, those are serious bragging rights. What was it like working with them? 
Oh my God, it was amazing. Um, so Luna was a character. I mean, she was, she would snap into that, you know, I'll rip your face off, you know? And like, you would be like, whoa. But then she had this tiny little voice the rest of the time. And she was so sweet. And you were, and, and she was just so, such a good coach, you know, like a life coach, like not just a coach for the business, but she really shared all the wisdom that she could for every situation just to be helpful. She was one of the most generous and kind people that I ever really met in this business, you know, and, um, and China was amazing. What an athlete. So when I was uh, training with her and wrestling, I would also go to the gym with her and work out with her. She put, I saw her leg pressing. She put every single plate that she could on the leg press. And then she asked me to sit on top of it. And she leg pressed that for 10 reps. And like everybody in the gym was like, I mean, it was like, boom. She was that strong. She was that amazing. She had this level of, of discipline and just from being around her, you know, she measured her food. She, and this is the time I have, she wasn't even drinking. Like she wouldn't even drink after the wrestling show at all. She was like, no, this is calories. I have to keep these calories for this meal that I have to have at this time. And that really rubbed off on me. I, that was so impactful the seeds that she sowed in my psyche about having that level of discipline with what you eat and how you train. I'm still like that today. I still bring my food with me everywhere I go. Yeah. I feel She's, like a degenerate now. <laughs> uh, she didn't want to drink after the show, but she was, uh, I, I saw her many times out and about in California when she was with Triple H and she ate at this place called Kukuru. Now, Kukuru is where everyone ate afterwards. You'd have like, um, after like working out, you have chicken. Then there'd be like uh, corn, spinach, mashed potatoes, like these amazing sides. And we were talking about how great the corn was, but she's such a lovely woman. Again, another person that should have had her own place in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes. You know? I don't get yeah. it. But that's amazing. So you met China, you wrestled with her. And this is obviously way before she was in WWE, right? Yeah, it was actually just right before she got hired. In fact, she was supposed to stay longer, but they called her. And I remember, I remember her leaving. She was so sweet. She like gave me a bunch of stuff and, and wrote me, left a little card for me to inspire me. And uh, she always called me Riptide. And um, yeah, she was really very inspirational. She was a good girlfriend, you know, she really was. And there was no like cattiness. There was no uh, competitiveness. It was like the women that I was around in this business when I came into the business were very just open arms, welcoming. And so when I met the catty ones later on down the road, I was like, Ew, this is so gross. Like, what is wrong with you? 
mental defect of some kind. Yeah, they're out there. Trust me. I, uh, there's still a couple here that scragglers is what I call them. Um, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, it's like they even come into a locker room and don't know how to say hello. Can you imagine that? Wow. Go figure. So from that moment on, how long did it actually take you until you had your first break? Did you do any WWE dark matches or did you head straight to ECW? Um, so it was very strange because um, I gave them, I gave WWE, WCW was still around um, and ECW, the same matches on um and wwe contacted me and they were like we were wondering when you were going to give us a tape of your own you're like on everybody else's tape who tries to get an audition with us so we know who you are i was talking to kevin kelly he was the head of talent relations then and then i went and had an interview with them but they were like yeah we think you should go to ecw because the matches that were on there were wrestling dudes and i got put through a table in the match so um but you know back then we didn't have a phone that you could tape just any match like it was a lot of work to get somebody to tape a match for you in 98 99 you know so that was that was all i had to give them and um tommy dreamer i'd already been trying to get hired with them so when they saw that tape they gave me my tryout and they were like, boom, we got an idea. And uh, that's all it takes is somebody to get that idea with you, with, you know, what, where they want to go. And, you know, because you're, you know, I'm so proud of you, Jazz, that you're such a great lady promoter in the business and you've always been involved in promoting and, you know, I think more women should be involved in the business side, the production side of wrestling. That's super important. You got to infiltrate everywhere, girl. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate it. It was a really tough job. And I, I think I feel as though like when you get some women that do it, they'll have the company right for one or two sole purposes alone to put themselves over or their boyfriend. And that's not what it's about. It is a business. Yeah, you can put yourself in there, you know, whether you go over or not, fine, but you don't put yourself there to like be in the main event all the time or do this for like your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And too many people make that mistake and they fail miserably. That's just me. You know, what do I know? It's just, you know, business 101, I guess, but it's a very challenging taxing thing but it's fun like you you'd be an amazing promoter i don't know why you don't have your own I'm, I'm you have the women's wrestling hall of fame though so that's a big deal for all of us um when you let when ecw had its demise like what did you do because i know that you were out all over the place i know that you're traveling what did you actually end up doing did you go to germany and where did you wrestle yeah i, I was living in the netherlands well, I got into a really bad car accident right after ECW ended in March 2001, and I was paralyzed on half my body, so I had to endure this excruciatingly painful, um, you know, therapy. It took me about a year, and then uh, after a while, I, I moved to Europe, and I was working at Eurostars, I was going to England all the time wrestling, and I really enjoy, I even got to go to Africa and wrestle. It was pretty cool. I, and, and I wrestled guys there as well. 
You know, it was, uh, there's a couple of times in my life that I've been the hardcore champion where I was the only woman or the light heavyweight champion. And I was wrestling the dudes and uh, they were really good matches. I, I, I enjoy intergender wrestling. I, I think it's great that it's expanded now. And um, I think, I think women need to see that because you know, for me, wrestling is like a metaphor for life, right? And sometimes if you're in business, if you're, um, you know, doing insurance, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, it's competition. Business is competition. So you're going to be competing against men in business, whatever your business is. So I think, I think it's just, a good metaphor for life and the reality of what it is. And people should be um, highlighted and given a platform when they have the talent enough to carry it, right? I think when I was wrestling dudes, people weren't focused so much on, oh, that dude's wrestling a chick, right? It was more like, wow, this is really entertaining which is what we want it to be, right? And, um, and that's how we kind of transcend and connect with our audience, no matter who they are, where they come from. You know, wrestling is like music, right? It like people from all over are just like, yeah, I love wrestling. I could go and watch it. And I, I'm, a, I'm a fan, I'll go watch good. If, if there's good wrestling, man, I'm right there, I'm watching it. It's like good music, it's like a good concert, you know? Everybody just is drawn to it and we catch that vibe, you know, and we get that that unity where we're, you know, not thinking about all the pressures of our life and just enjoying being alive and live, being in the present moment. That's where it's at. Oh, totally. And I, I watch a lot of things to this day. Like I watch some things on Impact and I watch MLW quite a bit. And uh, I don't really watch GCW that much, just every now and again. What do you think we lack these days in wrestling? So I think some people have gotten away from the psychology, you know, of, um, and some people might not know it, right? But really what the biggest thing is your match should tell a story. And, and if you don't have TV, um, I think people lack the imagination to tell that story because they feel like, oh, we could just do whatever we want to do. Listen, when you do whatever you want to do in your wrestling match, you're going to lose the people. It's just, you got to be there for them and then they'll be there for you. I should probably turn this light on, shouldn't I? Is that the captain's wheel? Yes. Is that the captain's the captain's steering wheel that you just? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like your your house is a ship. I you just like go float off to sea right now. Oh, there it is. Yes, I love it. I love, I love the sea. I love the ocean. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Like a lot of there's so many platforms to put your um you know put wrestling on reels. Like MLW has reels. Uh, what else is there? Fight TV has so many of them that you could tell a story if you want to. Maybe yeah. it's just a lack of training in wrestling these days. I don't know. You know, I feel like we don't have as many, you know, 
um, characters these days, if that makes sense. It just seems like some shrub came out of the gym. He got to take a shower. Uh, well, that's questionable. Um, he just put his <laughs> ring gear on, <laughs> slicked his hair back and went to the ring. And that's what it looks like sometimes. I hate to say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you're right. You're spot on with that. And um, I think there, a lot of them are in it for the wrong reason. They're in it just, it's all about me. There's a lot of people walking around like that, you know. Um, but when it comes to wrestling, you can't because you have to be in there with other people. So you have to care about those people because they're, you know, you got to let everybody get a little bit of shine and, and get over, you know, it's otherwise. It's those, pointless just like standing by the ring. That's I mean, yeah. Huh? Yeah, you're right. I mean, but you're very talented. You do an excellent job. And, you know, you, you know, all of us EW <laughs> originals, we know it's up. <laughs> no, we know. Plus, it's like, I like doing the promos because it just, the promos are just so, I love doing those promos and airing them like when they air, because I really like offending people with them. And it's just very funny. And it just, you don't know what's going to come out of my mouth but I mean in the ring it's just I give credit to people like Masada who's a veteran of the business and you know people forget in these hardcore matches these guys actually know how to wrestle because that's what they all started doing you know we just threw in the bells and whistles with the light tubes and whatever else but he's someone that has great ring psychology and I think that there were times when he wasn't even involved in a match with me in any capacity but he always like helped out or gave like his two cents same with the last thing with the last xpw pay-per-view with the little in the ring spot so it's just it's cute it's fun and uh i know that you're still wrestling where are you wrestling now because i saw you have this really cool faction going on as well oh yeah um so i wrestle i'm gonna be wrestling for new evolution wrestling uh in New Jersey, uh, just posted it on the um, fan page because they changed the venue and I don't want to stay the old place by accident. So they just changed the venue. I just posted it. It's somewhere in New Jersey. I'm going to be wrestling uh, La Rosa Negra, who's the women's champion. And she's an outstanding wrestler. I've been looking, I've been wanting to wrestle her for a while because you know, I want to go and she is somebody who can go. So I'm excited. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm still on the indie scene. I'm still around. I was in Texas style uh, wrestling, did TV down there. And, you know, I'm still game. I'm still down for, uh, I was doing Goddesses of War. Um, and they have a couple of other brands that I've worked for. Um, there's some stuff coming up that I'm negotiating now for New England, but I don't know the name of the Federation because I haven't scheduled it with a date yet. So it's still up in the air, but I am involved with the Mad Dogs of War, Pitbulls Revolution with Gary Wolf, of course, Pitbull number one. And, um, my dear friend, Christopher Nino, he's Pitbull number three. And we have Jason Knight with us. So it's a great, it's a great faction. We um, we're doing like a free bird style faction where 
depending on where we are, we have some additional mad dogs that we can uh, jo join the pack whenever we need. Um, we are the trio's uh, world champions. Uh, and yeah, uh, we're ready to rock. We I know you are so ready to roll. I just like, yeah, I wasn't sure because I saw an ad somewhere for Gary and I love Gary to death that it was some other guy, some scrawny little kid that was like Pitbull number two. I'm like, wait a second. I know Angel isn't working with that kid and you know the kid who I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm not going to mention his name because he's not worth it. But I'm like, is that kid in this faction? I'm like, no, that can't be because she'd like kill him. Uh, yeah. Not literally, I, by the way. <laughs> I next time I see him well, he, yeah he might like that though so you, your best bet is like not to go near that um getting back to Europe okay so how did that even and if you don't or you don't want to divulge all the details how did you end up in the in the Netherlands because my father's side is Dutch I'm just curious because that's so like random you don't hear anyone just say they went to Holland oh no I've been going to Holland since like 97 so Liz Chase was my trainer and her husband was Dutch and he had a really good friend um, who's been a fan of women's wrestling, a supporter, a sponsor of a lot of uh, female athletes, not just wrestling, but like Olympic athletes, boxers. And so he sponsored my training and paid for my training for me. Um, and he, yeah. And so um, I used to go and visit him and he was always trying to hook me up with uh more promotions and um fights when I was still doing both you know no holds barred and um and pro wrestling so um yeah it just and then from that I just made a bunch of my own connections I had a boyfriend over there for a while so um you know it was great I I enjoyed living over there that's so and awesome. I love uh, history. And um, I, 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 when I went back to college, I studied French, German. Um, I'm Italian. So when I was younger, I spoke Italian. So going and traveling Europe was, you know, super important to me to like have my roots um, that's so cool that you're Dutch you're part Dutch that's well I appreciate everything you said because I grew up I lived in Europe partially as a child in Paris so it's just in between Paris and London and you hear people saying these things most Americans don't understand uh Um par. that's what I remember <laughs> so yeah but it's been a while so and I spoke Dutch too for because I was living there and it's it's very similar but the um they got that the Dutch they got that when they talk and like uh, I I didn't do that well <laughs> It's like baby German, like Norwegian is like Swedish and Danish. When I lived in Norway, I learned how to speak it. But what's so big about you and so like amazing and people, I wish more Americans were like this, is when you go to these foreign countries, like you learn the language and, and you embraced this whole other culture that people just don't understand. The times I've lived in Europe, you get like the obnoxious American tourists on the bus. Oh my God, 
what is that that's so disgusting where can we just get good old steak and potatoes yeah we have steak here and we have potatoes they're just different so go go to freaking mcdonald's and mcdonald's in europe i don't care what anyone says it's the bomb (laughs) (laughs) it is i love mickey d's in europe everything was amazing did you go to the red light district in amsterdam i did but i really (laughs) like it i i liked um uh I liked other parts of it better, like Maastricht, mm-hmm. where it had like, ancient Roman ruins from like, you know, 11 AD. I was like, wow, this is like phenomenal, you know? Um, I'm like really into like the relics and the castles and stuff like that. I don't, I'm the kind of person where I would rather go where everybody else doesn't go, oh, you yeah. know, like the North Sea. Um, fishing village that's like from 1400 it's like pristine they preserved it the dutch are so good about that about preserving things they're very ingenuitive too a very very impressive culture and i would say you know i could easily live there uh, I, I really enjoyed it it's an amazing place when i was uh when i was in europe for quite a while I met a, um, a Dutchman. He was a psychologist. He fired me though at some point as a client. I forgot what happened. Um, but yeah, I just, I like seeing everything. I think the whole kick out of the red light district was you see these, these guys outside, these poor girls. And like some of these guys, it's like, ill, really? It's like, I hope to God these girls are getting paid like so much. Later that evening, that same day, I saw the one girl that was like the really hot one like outside with some convertible BMW. I'm like, yeah, she's all right then. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's crazy. Girls in like a little case. Yeah. In, you know, and it's like eyes can like read a menu, you know? Exactly. That's strange, you know? They're but, like Barbie uh, dolls, you know? And then you just get these guys that are there so lonesome and some of them so pathetic. I know that sounds horrible, but it's just, it's, my own like just take on it um if I knew how to paint I just want to like paint the pictures like paint the portraits of these places and of course in Europe like you have the sun like 10 o'clock at night 11 o'clock at night which makes you lose time in a way like hey can I still get a pizza outside you know oh yeah that was fun the part the nightlife there in the summertime oh yeah yeah, I went everywhere. I went to the beaches. I went to, I, I saw every single part of uh, the Netherlands and parts of Belgium. And I wrestled there. It was okay. so much. Yeah. And their wrestling was new to them then. It wasn't like WWE wasn't on TV over there, really. So um, I wrestled all over France. Belgium, Switzerland, Germany, the Netherlands. Um, I almost got to go to Italy, but that did the timing of it didn't work out. But I, I did get to enjoy uh, being a tourist in Italy. I went all over from uh, Rome to uh, Venice and um, up in the Alps. I, I'm an avid skier. I've been skiing since I'm nine years old. So I had to go to, uh, I'll probably say the name of this place wrong. Cor, they have the Olympics there. It's, I, it's not Quarter Leon. It's, uh, I can't think of the name of the place, but it was so amazing. These little village places. 
everything is just so quaint and they take so much care in everything, you know, like here, we just smash something down and build a new one. We don't take care of anything. Right. And, and the things that we do, it's like, oh, wow, that's from 1600. And like, that's not old. You know, you go to Europe, I, I saw stuff, you see stuff that's like from, you know, 10, year 10. <laughs> it's like 2000 years old, dude. You know, it's like, whoa. If I ever could, like, you remember Mary Poppins, the movie? Yes. Remember you that she would jump into the paintings? Oh, yeah. So imagine that, jumping into one of those Renoirs or like any kind of painting of a Swiss village at the bottom of the Alps or something. Or the nice thing about the Alps, you could ski from the French part to the Italian part. You could probably do it. I don't know if I can do it, but you definitely can because you could ski well. Uh, but I could just see that and just like pulling over into one of those tiny villages and just staying in a hut, right? And just staying yeah. there away from the world. And the food is so good. Oh my yes. God. <laughs> and you it's don't amazing. need to eat a lot of it because it's so like rich and it's like such, a, it's, it's like you enjoy it after the fact. It's not like here where everybody has to have this mound of food on their plate and it's like, you know, and then they look like they eat mounds of food. <laughs> like, you know, you walk around Europe, there's not as many fat people because there's, portion control there you know it's portion control but like some people I never really was a big breakfast person but I'll have espresso sometimes I'll have like whatever a cucumber and like a yo I don't know it just depends like a cereal um maybe I just don't eat that much for I just like I don't think I ever really was a fan of it but when you go to Europe how could you not have the food there I probably do I make you want to feel like going back there now do you feel like going back to Europe okay good yeah Let's do it, girl. Let's Girls go. Let's friends. just go. We're going to go jump through that painting. We're going to end up in Switzerland and in South of France wrestling and Germany. Now, I uh, now you got me obsessed on something. Now that we're talking about long-term plans, right? Yeah. Tell us about your dream plan and where you want to plant that exact plan, like where you want to put that, uh, that structure, I should say. Um, my retirement dream is to buy an ARC which is um, this amazing luxury houseboat yacht. It's uh, solar powered and it desalinates its own water. So you can live totally off the grid as long as you have like a satellite for communication. And um, it also has uh, these legs that come out of it. So when you go inland, you can like, park if the sea is rough and it'll elevate you up out of the water yeah it's badass that is that is my retirement plan and I'm just gonna put 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 you know and I'm gonna go with the seasons when it's I'm gonna be like the geese I'm gonna migrate <laughs> and I'm gonna be in my luxury yacht and just um motor around the world yeah you could still wrestle if you want. How much longer do you think you're going to wrestle? I, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm just going to let you say it. I mean, until uh, the wheels fall off, girl. <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, a drug or some kind of crazy sickness with us. And people don't understand 
and, and people see Necrobutcher all the time. Man, how's he still going? He was resurrected last year. He was so skinny right before that, like dying. And then wow. he came back to California last year to the pay-per-view and I didn't even know it was him, right? Yeah. I had like no idea, just some big guy who was in the dressing room area with me in the small corner talking to me. I didn't put two and two together. Then you like fast forward, then you're working with, I was like working with him and I didn't realize what a legend he was. I'm like, wait a second. This is like the Necro Butcher. Yeah, he's so, amazing. Yeah. Isn't and he? I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what I, I was at the uh, Here Comes Revenge you know, and I'm a big fan of revenge in the first place. <laughs> so, <laughs> something um, else, though. yeah, I don't know. It was a great show, but yeah, that was an excellent match. You know, I, the, the level of people that you work with, I mean, you are blessed because they are amazing. And like, uh, Masada, like you were saying, I've, I've been a huge uh, admirer of his work because he's in this New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania area a lot. So I've worked on a lot of shows with him and he's phenomenal. And his uh, girl, you know, is they're great. You know, that's it's always great when you can have a partner in crime, you know, in wrestling like that until, you know, and you see, you see both sides, right? Where it works out and it's just like this couple together and it's great, you know? And then, I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out in the long run for forever, but forever is a long time. Yeah, but no, hopefully, hopefully um, you come on board. I really do hope so. And I hope that, you know, we get to work together again because it was yeah. fun. But oh. uh, if not, I'll be visiting you on your boat, your arc, your arca. I, I like. I'm not obsessed with this with those tiny homes. I know I'm going to start looking at these online. On like, oh, what's that? What's that? Like, how do you get it? How do you get a license to live in the middle of the sea? Then I have to get like a captain license. So it's a lot of planning to have this. Can you actually sail a ship? Um. Yeah. I mean, I've been on boats since I'm nine, and we've had ships like 42 foot <laughs> ships. Yeah. I mean, that's a big boat. Um, right now, um, my brother has two boats. One's a 25 and the other's a 32. So they're a little bit smaller. You know, gas is expensive. So <laughs> we could paddle yeah. it, we could, like Fred Flintstone it or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Paddle boat. <laughs> for thought. So if people want to find you online to see where you are, what you're doing and all that other wonderful stuff, where can they find you? Well, my website is angelorsini.net, and that's connected to all my social media. But pretty much all my social media is the Angel Orsini, and um, I'm pretty uh, active on Twitter, Facebook. I'm just starting to work on Instagram and, and TikTok. I like doing the videos, but um, my my job is pretty demanding right now. So I've, I've kind of slowed my role with that, but I'll get back on it again. And um, I have also a health and wellness coaching business that I'm going to be launching. Um, it's called Elevated Living. And that website is elevatedliving.life. And the website's almost complete. There's just a few little videos missing, 
that were we had to reshoot them because the sound didn't didn't come through sometimes equipment failure but um that's going to be like a really good program for people to uh if they want to change their habits start new habits if people battle depression anxiety or people are interested in starting to do some kind of fitness but they don't know where to get started this is where it's at the show is free and so you know they don't have, it's it's free to listen to the information so it's going to be very helpful i feel like people need that at this time because we're changing so abruptly and dramatically in so many ways that it's really scaring people and i think that's where a lot of the violence comes from people are angry because they're scared and so you know i'm hoping that with this you know teaching people how to uh stay grounded and some good coping skills and mechanisms that it'll make a difference in somebody else's life yeah I think that's smart having a website like that elevated living and maybe you could get like little um maybe down the line you charge like little sessions like for one-on-one -on -one sessions for coaching for things because it's such there's so many things out there and I think there are too many people that live off of these little TikTok videos not you per se but just so many people that have these TikToks and kids go to those and they get misinformation, like bad information on things. Um, yeah. There was someone on there once, because I know a lot about those infusions. I do NAD injections on myself a few times a week and someone got some kind of bad information on TikTok and all this other stuff. And they were combining it with things. And it's like, what are you doing? Like you're buying it online from someone in China. You don't know what's in it. Now. You know, and it's just things like that and just bad information about health and like exercise and just, you know, it's so important to have that out there. And it's good that there are people like you that are generous enough to share these resources, you know, so yeah. elevatedliving.life. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So make sure you guys sit tight and be super patient because it's worth it and good things come to those who wait. Uh, elevatedliving.life. And I'll be posting all of her links so you can like go meet Angel, maybe see her at a show, get an autograph and all those other wonderful things that we do. Yeah, um, yeah. definitely yeah. come visit me. And I can't wait until I get to see you again. I'm so excited. Yeah. So we're going to be back at the end of May, but I'll see you probably before then because I'll be in the area late Mother's Day and all that stuff. But yeah, so for sure. And um, stay afloat. And I'm really, I'm rooting for you for your Arca yacht to happen. Oh, thank you so much. You could do I, living well from there. You could do your videos from there. Absolutely. That'd be great. And then we could throw aquatic exercise into it. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, if, I, you. if I could be in the water all day, I would. I think you're a mermaid. I think like, I seriously think you have a mermaid tail today and you're just not showing it to us. And that's totally fine. Mermaids are very shy by nature. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to keep my secret then. <laughs> that's a good idea. Well, thank you so much. And um, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Jazz. Meow. Meow. Are you enjoying the ride on my crazy train? Woo! Please make sure to rate and review Crazy Train Podcast.
take a screenshot, send it to me in a DM via Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and I will send you a free goodie bag. Oh, and Crazy Train Podcast is now on YouTube. So subscribe, Crazy Train Podcast, that's with a K, on YouTube for video interviews and never heard before interviews and some really cool bonus content.